Well, we may not have produced that Oscar-winning film that we promised last episode, but we heard talk gibberish, aren't we, Dom? It will happen. It will fucking happen. I the, will make sure it happens. There were shooting schedules that we had planned out, and it didn't work. The stars we'd also hired in, once we kind of sat down and started penciling it out, it got a bit bigger than we initially conceived. And uh, Dom's epic uh, movie is uh, coming to a cinema near you soon, just a little more delayed than we expected. We hired um, actor or well-known method actor Daniel Day-Lewis to play the window that I was looking out of for the whole uh, for the whole movie. <laughs> He's going to just be the window, but first he needs three months of actual window lived experience to convey yeah, the role he, properly. He just needs to smash his face against glass for three months, and then he will be a window. <laughs> I'd love to see him like day by day waking up going, oh, honey, I'm sorry, I've got to go back to my job. And he just stands with his face against the window saying, I am the glass. I am the glass. <laughs> Double bait. Double glazing. Double glazing. <laughs> this is going to be like a, a three minute video with like a six hour long documentary of us just filming Daniel Day Lewis with his face against glass saying, I am the glass. I am the glass. I am the glass. It's like finding a rare bird. You just need to watch him absorb his process. Eventually, we'll we'll get there. Eventually, we'll see the 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 window come out of Daniel Day Lewis. We won't see him anymore. We'll just see the window, and then, more importantly, we see what's beyond the window, which is Dom going. <laughs> which is just me going, and maybe <laughs> also maybe elongated out a little bit longer. Yeah, it'll be great. Maybe yeah, it can't just be. Actually, I think it might be funnier if it was just three minutes of the same fart noise over and over again. Oh, we do the same? Okay, yeah, I could see we repetition. There's humour in repetition. I think we can make this work. Yeah, we could. Because people wouldn't be expecting us to do it twice in a row, but we'll be doing it several hundred times, potentially, over three minutes. <laughs> Speaking of doing something stupid twice in a row, I wanted to talk to you about um, Epic Games suing both Apple and Google at the same time. Yeah, that's not going to end well for Epic Games. Epic Games, they were, they were trying to sue Apple because they wanted to do a 30% discount on V-Bucks or some shit like that. Yeah, so the, the story goes that uh, Epic, obviously being uh, the creators of the Fortnite, uh, which is the biggest battle royale game in the world with apparently some kind of story mode, but no one's ever seen it before because nobody plays it. Uh, they have been rolling out Fortnite as the battle royale to phones and tablets using iTunes and the Google App Store. So the way that these app stores work right now is that they control the money uh, that passes through the apps and take a 30% cut. Epic want to have a an alternative system, which I, th- I think they've shown that theirs can be 20% cheaper, uh, based on some of the screenshots I've seen from uh, the, the complaints. Uh, that they can sell it for twenty, they can sell their product through the app store for twenty percent cheaper. It just means Apple won't get a cut. So Apple said, "Get fucked," and pulled the Fortnite. I think it's just Fortnite that's been affected, but they've pulled it off of the Apple store, and then uh, Google took it from their uh, store as well. So it's now devolved into a lawsuit, uh, one against Google and one against Apple. And it's it's very, very strange to read all these... Like, the complaint itself is based on uh, antitrust law, which is to prevent monopolies from rising up in America. And uh, that law doesn't work. Uh, if you look at the like rise of mega corporations like uh, AT&T, Warner Cable, stuff like that. Yeah, just look at Disney. It's, yeah. 
Antitrust laws don't work. I mean, just look at the sheer volume of shit that Google has under its belt, as well as stuff like uh, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now Epic is out not only doing like fit lawsuits, but they've started this weird kind of uh, propaganda trailer where they remake Apple's 1984 advert where a girl uses a hammer to smash a giant screen that's uh, spouting propaganda, which is a, like... It, by the way, that, that advert that Apple made way back in the day released on the Super Bowl of January 1984 and was directed by Ridley Scott. I was like, holy shit, this... What? Yeah, the 1984 Apple advert was directed by Ridley Scott. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and because it's a direct thing of, like, 1984 by George Orwell, uh, they actually received a cease and desist from the estate of George Orwell, and that's what took the advert down. So Epic Games recreated that using their Fortnite engine, uh, just using their characters and stuff, and they are obviously smashing a, a TV with Apple propaganda using a giant actual Apple on the screen, which is very nice and subtle. It's about as subtle as I could expect uh, Fortnite to be. Yeah, it's a bit as subtle as a nuclear bomb. Yeah, it's just it just way to go, lads. Epic Gamer moment. Um, but they, they, there's then text that appears on the screen saying, Epic Games has defied the App Store monopoly. In retaliation, Apple is blocking Fortnite from a billion devices. Join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984. Hashtag free Fortnite. Yeah. This is basically two mega corporations, one of which is trying to play the bully put upon her small man in this situation they're kind of both as bad as each other Epic can probably take a bit of a hit yeah. at this point they are trying to garner some <laughs> yeah they are not a small company anymore and they need to realise that it's very strange to see I mean there is like a legal question to be answered about whether or not this is them using a monopoly or uh, whether Apple is building a monopoly and just stopping any competition uh, but the, the fact that there's like the legal side of this and then Epic as a company deciding we need to rouse our fanboys to go out and wage this argument and just trash the opposing side is very, very, it's really suspicious. I think there's something else at play. Like I, I think that they're trying to get Apple to like renegotiate the terms or try and at least not take 30%. I just, I don't know why they think that, you know, an army of nine-year-olds who play Fortnite is going to be enough to topple a company that, according to them, is worth $2 trillion. Do you think Epic are trying to pull a Spider-Man Sony move? Mm -hmm. Trying to push back for more money? Yeah. And it's going to blow up in their face fairly spectacularly? Yeah, I think so. Um, Both lawsuits actually do have a thing uh, in, in amongst them. Like, the initial complaint... Uh, both complaints, by the way, are 60 pages, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but both of them include the phrase, Epic does not seek monetary compensation for this uh, from the court for the injuries it has suffered. Epic likewise does not seek a side deal or favourable treatment from Google slash Apple for itself. I gotta say, I doubt that. I really, unless they have some kind of way of, uh, like, monopolising the money they're going to get through this, I... <laughs> What's in it for them, you know? Epic is not a company that... I mean, yes, they make Fortnite and everyone loves Fortnite because it's free and it's it's fun and it's happy, but they're not in it for the fans, you know? They're there to make money. They're a company at the end of the day. And I think they're going to spend a ton of money on this lawsuit because if it goes that far, 
This is like a multi-year argument that's going to take place in court. And there's a team of six lawyers being used for both cases. Or there's a team of six lawyers split between both cases. Now, it's definitely weird. I don't have any sympathy for either side, really. I really don't care about this whole scenario. I'm not anywhere near invested in Fortnite. That, in fact, I'm nowhere even slightly <laughs> invested. Have in you Fortnite even played Fortnite? Hmm? Have you ever played Fortnite? No. Uh, Fortnite, I'll tell you, I played it for five minutes and I thought, this is. I can see why this is for children because it's very, very bright and colourful and you can build things and you can shoot people, but it's. No. It's bad. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't get the hype. Yeah. It's, it's not a fun game, but. I gotta say, like, seeing Epic try and drag gamers into this and, like, get their fans on their side to kind of cause a bit of a stir and maybe try and take Apple down a peg. Like, yeah, take everyone down a peg in this situation because it's three pretty shady companies, but I uh, I don't really like the idea that we're, we're just dragging people into a, a kind of pop culture argument over, a, a, like, a legal question. Uh, I just, if anyone out there is listening to this and there's for some reason a massive Fortnite gamer leave yourself out this one because this is just two titans of industry who are going to just get into a, like a pissing contest in court yeah. and they're going to throw a ton of money at these lawyers to try it's and figure it out. I think these lawyers will be buying boats for the next 60 years. I think this is kind of the new way forward for most uh, developers and even sort of big companies. That the the battle or yeah, the battle so to speak is going to be not just between the two companies themselves but between the two companies and their fans because purely because of how interactive uh, or how active they are on Twitter and uh, constantly engaging their fans, they kind of try and poke and pod the fans like, if you guys get pissed off and you guys go and do something that gets them realising oh maybe this is a bad thing Like with, uh, with the whole Spider-Man thing, I, I'm finding a lot of parallels between this and the Sony Spider-Man Marvel issue but fuck it, it's where I'm going with it No, I don't think you're wrong, I think a lot of people see that parallel yeah. And it, it's basically Spider-Man was going to get, you know, pulled back under the umbrella of Sony, which still might happen. It still might happen because I've heard rumours that uh, Marvel are still trying to, you know, keep uh, keep the balance, so to speak. But Sony are just going, now nah, we can do better. We're taking them back. But uh, the fans got involved and they played a part as much as people say, no, it was lawyers and it was, you know, legal teams and shit like that. It was... The fans played a small part, a very small part, but a part. Mm. And uh, that's just how business is done nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah. Fans get involved, the fans get vocal, the fans find a way to communicate to the top, be it, be that through Twitter, be that through anything. Just sheer weight yeah. of numbers, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I look at this and I say, in the space of a week, we've had the implementation of the change on the money side of things. The app is then taken down. There's a lawsuit filed almost immediately. And then there's a, the propaganda video by Epic. Now, as I said, like, each complaint, like each initial letter written to the court uh, to start the lawsuit process is 60 pages. It's like 61 for Apple, 59 for Google. And it was written by a team of six lawyers, which means this took a ton of time. Hmm. I actually went through and looked at the two at the side, side by side and there's a lot of copy-paste because there's a lot of... Uh, similar arguments being made, because it's basically the same argument twice, um, but there's like a different start and different uh, points are made and different people have obviously written these because certain things are in certain places and the formatting's different. 
But again, this is like a lot of work that Epic have put in. Like, I don't think this is a document you can turn around in 48 hours if you have a bunch of lawyers looking over it. I don't think that this is... I, th- I don't want to say it's premeditated, but I think they knew this was coming. Like They were going to go in, breach the terms of service of Apple and Google, who in their contracts with the app developers state, you will use our payment services uh, and not include any alternatives. Epic went in knowing this would break the terms of service and then go through the legal system to try and change that. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I don't think much is going to come out of this. I think there's going to be either Epic pull Fortnite from Apple stores completely and uh, make it something that's just purely PC and purely console based. Remove the mobile versions just to say, fuck you Android, fuck you Google. Mm-hmm. Fuck you Apple, fuck you Google. <laughs> what we'll find is that it actually goes up in the Huawei app store and uh, Huawei gets uh, Fortnite as an Epic app exclusive or something like that. Yeah. I think the alternative actually might be the Epic build their own platform. What did you say, sorry? It just ultimately, it's very, very hard for me to give a shit about this current topic. I couldn't give less of a fuck. In fact, I could not give a fuck about Fortnite. Yeah. I, I just find it interesting. I think this it's might... very edgy and very kind of, don't give a fuck, man. Yeah. But I just don't care. Yeah, you... <laughs> I very rarely play I think I played it maybe like three or four times just to try and figure out if I would be any good at it. And uh, the answer to that was a hard no. I don't really invest in it that much. It appears all the time. I had to take a, a, a left turn. Yeah, that was, uh, the, moment I, <laughs> that was the moment I realised I'd never be a true FPS uh, king the way that you see Shroud Ninja. That that was what really held me back. Um, At that point, Colin was so angry that he just started tearing down his posters of uh, Ninja and Shroud. And, uh, I don't name, know, a third one, name a third one, name a third one, name a third one. Jim Balls. <laughs> Jim Balls, right, that's it, Jim Balls. <laughs> hero. <laughs> Epic Gaming Hero, Jim Balls. <laughs> the title, Epic, Epic Gaming Hero, Jim Balls. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this this will, unfortunately, the only thing that will be interesting here is that it sets some unfortunate precedent. Um, but yeah, I this, this one for me, I'm like, ah, just, just keep the gamers out of this, have the legal battle, figure out the answer, and then go fuck yourselves with it. Yeah, don't drag in gamers. Gamers got enough to worry about with. We're already oppressed gamers. enough. Hmm? We're already oppressed enough. We're, oh yeah. <laughs> we don't need to be used as pawns in your games. Yeah, we we're already we have enough issues going on. We don't need to worry about you know Fortnite going up against Apple and Google. We need to worry about the Avengers beta and how fucking awful that looks. Have you seen some footage from that? I I saw like five minutes. I watched Alana Pierce do a video of it, and the one thing that gets me into the game, the one thing that makes me think I will pick up this game and give it a shot, is the combat. Mm-hmm. Certain games get a pass because obviously I know what the game's going to be like outside of the combat, so I'll pick up games like Resident Evil, Smash Bros. Uh, some games, some tactics based games get a pass, but more often than not, if I want to pick up a game, I'll look at the combat. The combat in the Avengers looks awful it looks like there's no weight to it like you punch a guy there's no hit reaction it's just a kind of hit spark and that's it yeah i saw uh, i think it was hulk hit someone with like a giant chunk yeah. of ice and nothing not yeah. could, could could feel nothing coming through the screen i think it was most noticeable when uh black widow was fighting taskmaster on the san francisco bridge or whatever bridge it was some american bridge uh and 
Black Widow does this multi hit, say eight or nine hit combo on him, like doing all these cool fancy uh, martial arts moves, and Taskmaster doesn't even move, doesn't even you know try and block the hit or anything. It's just takes the hit, oh. hits blocks. That's it. There's no movement. No, that's uh, that's not good. I mean, there's a certain level of like feedback you need from seeing the character move from hits, as much as you need to see your attacks hit the the uh, the other player. And just if you can't have that built into the game, don't have a first person, I don't say first person, third person beat him up, you know, because mm. otherwise, and what's the point some... in having your character model there? Yeah, and not just that. The uh, I know graphics aren't the main thing, but when Hulk looks like Hulk looks like he's constipated throughout the whole uh, <laughs> whole beta, that's kind of a red flag. You might want to fix that. Why does he have a the beard? Old... Yeah, that's what I want to know. Why the fuck does the Hulk have a beard? Yeah, I, I, I was watching someone play the Hulk, and I'm like, wait, does he actually have facial hair? I mean, I think I've seen him in a few comic, like, one-offs where he has beards, yeah. but no. Nah, not a fan yeah, of the Hobo Hulk. The horrible issue with uh, Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan. Her face just disappears like the old Assassin's Creed game. His <laughs> eyes in her hair. Why has no one fixed that? Why has... Why did, why did multiple games come out in the space of a couple of years with that same glitch? How does no one get faces? I don't know. I, I just think that for a game that's coming out in a month, there's way too many issues. There's another issue that I've seen that someone was doing combat. They're playing as Miss Marvel and she has kind of stretchy limbs. Mm-hmm. And then she did this thing where she kind of grabbed an enemy from far away, then slams them on the ground and brings them towards her. On the first hit, the connect, it looked a bit wonky. It looked like it connected, but passed through him. Dragged the enemy in the ground. The enemy just slipped right through the world. Interesting. Drifted down. Hmm. I, uh, I, I've seen a very... On the same scale of uh, Glitch, but Rainbow Six put a new event out and did not test some of the functions. Uh, one of the things they've added is that you can jump into the drone that you use to scout out the area. And if you're a defender, you can jump into cameras. Um, so you're literally just zapping yourself into the camera and in and out. Uh, there's a way to do it on the attacking team that if you jump into a drone and jump and slide down a rail in a certain way and then jump back out and then land in a certain way, you become uh, invisible, invincible, and never have to reload. It was found out immediately, posted to the subreddit, and the game was destroyed so bad, uh, Ubisoft took it down. Took the game mode down for a week, Patched it, fixed it, put it back out, and it got broken again, immediately. Hmm. But yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, that's not the biggest problem Ubisoft have got right now. But you know, good to see they can still make great games. You know. Yeah. Although Ubisoft's kind of been on my radar lately because it's been, it is the I think about a week ago or maybe at the start of the week it was the tenth anniversary of one of my favorite movies, movies of all time, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, right? Directed by Edgar Wright. And they put out a fucking phenomenal uh, side scroll and beat 'em up through Ubisoft and Universal on the Xbox 360 and PS3. And uh, the rights for the game defaulted back to uh, Universal, didn't renew the license for the game. And so the rights for the game reverted back to Ubisoft and Brian Lee O'Malley, the creator of the, the comic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, this game was fucking phenomenal. The soundtrack was amazing. It was, you know, a bit of Streets of Rage, a bit of Street Fighter, a bit of a, uh, you know, Golden Axe with the. With the different weapons and shit you could pick up eventually. It's just a fucking phenomenal game, and it was a uh, this really, really cool pixel art style. 
really really good game and it was about eight pound or something on the xbox and ps3 store back in the day and uh brian leo Marley recently said I've, i'm in touch with ubisoft and they're very keen to put out an anniversary edition of this game and the entire comments underneath this chat which is don't work with ubisoft do not work with ubisoft i didn't know they were in as much shit as they are yeah uh we should probably clarify what we're talking about here because this was actually something i wanted to know i was trying to figure out if you knew about it um ubisoft are basically being torn apart by allegations of sexual harassment all the way up to sexual assault uh, by multiple former staff members and the number of executives and managers and people just fleeing the company before they have to go and do anything about it is quite telling. I think this is one of those cases where there's too much smoke to pretend there's not a fire there but uh, yeah. you've got some pretty senior people just jumping ship. Yeah, you can't really deny that there's something monumentally going on at the company. Like, like you said, you can't say that or there's no fire when you can see smoke. I think at this point you can see fucking embers coming off of Ubisoft. Yeah. And uh, if you want to know what we're talking about, um, actually, somebody we've talked about in the podcast before, uh, Jason Schreier, um, who is a game journalist, normally writes for places like Kotaku, has actually written an article, I think it's for Bloomberg. Um, so when, you know, business newspaper or business newspapers are asking for articles about gaming, you know something has gone horrifically wrong. But this has been... Something's been kind of burning away in the background for the last month. So, if you notice there's an increase in uh, news from Ubisoft, it's them trying to like cover over the news that they have a horrific work environment because they've released a bunch of uh, trailers and have also teased at the release of Sam Fisher for Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, yeah, so- I've seen that. There was a lot of people pissed off that they that Sam Fisher was coming back in some way, but it was just a a bonus pack for a. Uh, Rainbow Six. I think you might fit, and if they actually want to take the narrative of that game and run with it, I'd be all for it. Yeah. Especially if he shut down his previous division and then have him shift over to Rainbow. I'd be all for it, just to see what happens in a, a narrative gameplay, but that's not a Siege's thing right now. Hmm. Yeah. Again, I've, not, I've never played the Rainbow Six games. I'm not a huge fan of those types of games. But I've been trying a bit more of some different games. I recently picked up uh, Dead by Daylight on Steam. All right. How are you liking that? It kind of reaffirms my stance that if I can't hit the horror monster, I don't like the game. <laughs> the horror monster becomes infinitely more scary if you can shoot him, but he gets back up. If you're fighting... Uh, that's why I hate games like Outlast. If you just have to run from them once, I'm like, oh, I can't fight him. I have no way of fighting him. <laughs> it's so scary. No, it's just annoying. I have no way of combating my. I have no way of combating the enemy. I just have to run and hide and find fucking batteries. Yeah. But uh, Dead by Daylight, it, it does it does annoy me in that sense that I can't, you know, fight back against the the enemy. But when you get a good team on the go, it does kind of make up for the fact that you can't hit anything. Yeah, my brother plays it quite a lot with his friends, and it's a game best enjoyed with a known group of friends. I'd say. Oh, one of the people that I'm playing with is a. Uh, What's the best way to put it? A bit of a prick. Like, okay. He knows how to play the game, and that's the best way to play the game. And uh, if you don't play it, all you hear over uh, Discord is just, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I told you to fucking do this. I'm like, the, the killer's right there. It's like, fuck the killer. Do what I tell you. Oh, does so he know every map and know every in and out, the exact well, yeah, way to do it? For about two weeks longer than I have, but he knows everything. Absolutely everything. Right. One of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. It shows how little it takes to. What'd you say? This person is also in one of my D and D groups. <laughs> Oddly enough, silent to the D and D group. 
doesn't role play, doesn't do anything. Shows up for combat, but apart from that, he like, do you want to do anything? He just goes, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good for <laughs> I, I invest in more knives. Okay, great. Great role play. <laughs> yeah. It's like you walk past this part of the area, you see a memorial to the uh, to the war that you fought in. What does this do? Nothing. I'm good fuck. <laughs> do you do you feel anything for this? No. <laughs> do you? I'm sitting there. I say D and D. It was actually one of my Pathfinder groups. This was years ago. This person left the group, but uh, the GM had made this cool camp, this cool thing that was meant to, you know, maybe spark a bit of emotion out of him because it was the memorial to the war that he fought and uh, his his uh, brethren died in. And uh, he said, "You begin to feel kind of like you begin to feel dot 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 fill in the blanks." And he went bored. I go and drink. <laughs> Ah, oh, great epic gamer moment! Truly epic gamer moment. Supreme Edge Lord epic gamer moment. Do we have to play with this guy? He, he left the group not too long <laughs> after. Replaced very quickly <laughs> by someone not wearing a No Fear T-shirt. I think it might be in a. No, it was a Super Dry T-shirt the guy used to wear. Even <laughs> No Fear was uh, too cheap for him. Oh right, you got to go with the, the classy, high quality build. Yeah, got you. Fuck super dry t-shirts while I'm at it. I have a few of them, and they're all two to three XLs because their sizing is for tiny Asian people. <laughs> it's so specific. <laughs> it's, it's fucking annoying. I'll go some of the some of their uh, some of their gear is pretty cool looking, but you'll go in there. Oh, here's seventy pounds for a t-shirt that's made to fit a large. Like here's a t-shirt that's made to fit a lamp post, but it says it's a large, so we're going to charge you eighty quid for it. 780 quid. Yeah, fuck super dry. Yeah, not a fan of people who charge a little extra for the bigger sizes. Big, yeah, sorry. Big people, need, big people need clothes too. You do not want to see us naked. No, no, no. Dude, I'm hairy as well. You don't want to see me. You don't want to see me <laughs> oh, oh, right. Dead by Daylight. Uh, playing as a survivor is kind of fun if you get a good group, but where the game shines is when you play as the killer. Because you can mind fuck some motherfuckers. <laughs> if you get the... If you get the... Uh, the doctor... And you just kind of slowly plan your movements, because he has an ability that you can mess with our heads and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, game becomes so much more fun. The only problem is you have to wait. I waited, play my first game as the killer. I waited forty-five minutes in a queue Ooh. in a lobby, and that was on a Saturday night at about nine, uh, half past nine at night, two weeks ago. And I was, I'm not doing this every time I want to play this game. Fuck this. I'm going back to playing carrying on Xbox. Yeah, I think um, as you say, like the game shines when you're the uh, the killer, especially if you're playing by yourself. If you're playing with a team, you just all jump in to play as survivors, and then you just go with it. Um, but yeah. I think ever, I think there's a, probably an imbalance in the number of people who want to play killer versus want to play as uh, survivors. Yeah, and I, uh, I, yeah, I think my brothers complained about that as well, just that imbalance and uh, the fact that you get a lot of really bad like everyone wants to be the killer especially when they start playing the game so mm. you get a lot of really bad killers oh yeah you get a lot of people that just think that the killers do exactly that but your the killers isn't really the right term for it you're more the trapper because you have to just kind of knock them out and put them on a hook your knife your blade whatever it is doesn't do anything yeah you can't just execute people there's like to make the game balanced and fair they have uh the opportunity for redemption for most characters I don't think I'm trying to remember if you can just outright murder someone. I don't think you can. I think you can if you like hook them multiple times. Or I think if, if you yeah. if they hook themselves and run away and you get them back on there, they die quicker 
but they don't really die. They just kind of get sacrificed to the entity. Yeah, but they're out of the game. That's the important thing. Yeah, the Gonzo. Who's the? I've seen there's been a couple of like crossovers with this game, like an actual like mainstream horror IPs. Who's? Is there any like special characters? There's a fuck ton of them. You can play as obviously there's all the Dead by Daylight new or original characters. Then you've got uh, Leatherface, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, uh, the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Right. Got Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. And you've got, you can unlock a, an Oni, a Japanese Oni demon. You can unlock a kind of, what the hell is it, a kind of a, a Samara, kind of Ringu type character. Yeah, there's plenty of crossover characters. Uh, you can play as Ghostface from Scream as well. You can play as... But I'm blanking on Can you play as the ghost face from Scary Movie? That'd be even better. Uh, same, no. same character model, just way more sass. <laughs> just said, weather when he kills people. <laughs> oh, he can't play as ghost face from I, I think he's coming closer. Why? I can hear the weather getting louder. <laughs> You'd feel bad if you went into that match. <laughs> <laughs> Still died. You're like, oh god, I died to that. I heard him coming a mile away. <laughs> I, uh, as you said, Michael Myers, I remembered I, I've done a run of the Halloween movies. I want to remind me to talk about it later on. Yeah, cool. No problem. Oh, dude, don't get me started on Halloween. I rewatched the original Halloween. Mm hmm. So good. Let's just so go for it. Let's just go for Halloween right now, unless you've got anything else you want to say about Dead by Daylight. No, I'm finished talking about Dead by Daylight. It's just basically saying it's a good game, but I have to, it has to be, it's Monster Hunter rules. Unless I'm playing by myself, I with a set goal in mind, I being the killer or and Monster Hunter, if I know what I'm doing and I can do it to the best of my ability, sure, it's fine. But if I want to play in a group, it needs to be a precise group. I need to know who's in the group. Mm. You need to really trust your teammates. But um, Halloween, I went through uh, 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6, and then Resurrection and Halloween 20 years later. So that's the main run of Michael Myers done um i do still need to rewatch the rob zombie movies because yeah. i'm actually a big fan of those um but yeah I, they got weird but they were not bad yeah i, I think i like that part because with uh, michael myers so much of it is unex not really explored in much detail um a lot of it is just very vague he's a guy in a mask who stabs people and that's that's it and there's an appeal to that there's a lot of like you can fill in the blanks they go back in later and just add more detail to what was going on and you can kind of infer from what's what Michael does and who he does it to, that uh, there's a lot of stuff going on under the hood there. But I think Rob's on actually putting that all on display made for a really weird, interesting movie. Yeah, I, I much prefer Rob Zombie's approach to it instead of the weird, what was it, curse, a uh, cult of the thorn bullshit that they tried to do in the later Halloween movies. Yeah, we don't talk about that too much. Um, I think that actually might have been a ploy to try and tie it back into Halloween 3, which never happened, so I don't know why they're trying to tie it back to something that never happened. You know, yeah, doesn't make much sense. But the um, the first one... Was it? Sorry, I noticed that you omitted Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah, because it's not a thing. Didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Didn't happen. That's the one that didn't happen. Nothing. <laughs> the movie doesn't exist. Can't prove it. You can't prove it. My disc's in the bin. I legitimately threw my disc in the bin after watching it. It's like, <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> Stone bug mask bullshit. But the um, like the, the, the actual original, like, one and two, I, I really enjoy two, um, which is why I think it's a shame that the um, the the, the new movies um, for, like, 2018 onwards 
kind of take that out of circulation um, because apparently the, the storyline ends at the end of one. Um, yep. So at the end of one, uh, Dr. Loomis shoots Michael, Michael falls out the window, Michael gets caught there on the ground and then goes away to the insane asylum. Yeah, I think that was a good move. Though. I like Halloween too. I, I really do like Halloween too, but I think it was a good idea to cut it off at one just so that the series doesn't just literally grow arms and legs and become this weird, mm. unnecessarily supernatural horror movie because I like the thing that you liked about Halloween is that there was no weird, you know, supernatural element to it. It was just this yeah. was just one relentless, stupidly strong dude that was out to, you know, get revenge or kill his, kill people on Halloween. Yeah, because at the the end of one, I think he puts six or five or six shots into Michael, which is possibly survivable from a pistol. Well, it's debatable. Depends where you hit, you know. Um, but it is possible that you could survive that, and that just. It doesn't make Michael supernatural. It makes him incredibly tough, which explains why he's like taking hits to the head and stuff, and doesn't really flinch that much. He doesn't scream, doesn't cry out in pain. He just takes the hit and keeps going, which is feasible. You know, like if you, you know, push your push your imagination a little bit, you can find Michael Myers just sitting in there. I think within two, two. I think by the end of two, in the same night, because two, one and two take place in the same night. By the end of that night, he has been shot. About twelve times, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I think he almost takes a shotgun blast as well. By by the end of um, four, he is absolutely Swiss cheese because there's a like a team of redneck shows up with AR-15s and shotguns and just lights him up for like a solid two minutes of gunfire against like slow mo and smoke. It's it's great. It's an absolute trash horror movie, but at the same time, an absolute riot to watch. But uh, I I look at the the, the first one and the second one say, yeah, there, there's a good place to stop there. But I, I went through the whole thing because I have them all and I wanted to go back and revisit it and see what I uh, what I missed and what I enjoyed the most out of it. Um, later on, it just goes to kind of weird self-parody levels where you have uh, Buster Rhymes doing uh, weird like Shaolin monk kung fu bullshit to try yeah. and take down Michael Myers. And I'm like, what? What is this? What, what is it, any of this? reminded me of that plot in Halloween is it Halloween Resurrection? Whether in a fucking game show? Yeah, that is webcams attached to the foreheads or some shit like that. I have the DVD sitting right there. I'm trying to see which one it is. Two seconds. I think it's Halloween Resurrection because Halloween twenty years later is yes. Halloween Resurrection is uh, Buster Rhymes, and that is the uh, home the the live streaming over the internet uh, survival horror show. Um, which does feature the hilarious scene of Buster Rhymes yelling at Michael Myers to get his ass back in the back in the van and help with the editing. And Michael Myers looking at him like, I'm going to fucking murder you. And I'm going to wait five minutes, go through and murder your friend, come back and get you later. But yeah, I, just, I fucking love these movies. And that, I did feel a bit annoyed because um, every time I watched those movies, I thought, oh man, Michael Myers is like a shark. And I thought that was my original thought. It's not... It's actually a line of dialogue. He said, there's, uh, I think it's Dr. Loomis said, there's nothing behind those eyes. It's like a shark. And I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> but I've always kind of liked about like, There's too much... Like, in horror movies nowadays, there's almost too much trying to communicate and talk to the villain. Mm. I think it's better when there's just the villain is dead behind the eyes. You can't reason with him. You can't talk to him. Just He does what he does. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, like Michael Myers is really inevitable. Like, that's the one thing about him. Like, it doesn't matter. He's that, like, uh, 
it's always a joke of like how fast a horror like villain can run. Like when mm-hmm. you when the camera's not on them, horror villains must be sprinting. I believe Michael Myers is walking really fast, but at a constant pace. He is not mm-hmm. stopping for you. He is or he's not stopping for anything. He is coming for you. And uh it's up to you to try and survive him. Which weirdly enough, uh do you know who survives a Michael Myers movie? Who? Paul Rudd. Motherfucking oh, Ant Man is in five yeah he beats the shit of michael myers wins walks away and actually gets the last uh like he gets to say goodbye to dr loomis before donald pleasance died ah you know, huh, what a weird in his first movie maybe it's possible it's very early paul rudd who surprisingly looks the exact same as current day paul rudd basically yeah there's a, there's a portrait in that guy's attic somewhere he just he feeds small look. children to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's Dorian Gray with a twist. <laughs> yeah. He just throwing children into a painting and he just gets their soul sucked out of them. He goes, ah, I feel so much better now. Ah, rejuvenation. <laughs> the power of rejuvenation. He's, uh, it, it, they're good movies though. I really do. Yeah. I, I miss a villain like Michael Myers who is very sinister, very driven and will not stop. And it oh, is yeah. it's just a case of survival. Like it, You're being thrown in the water by the shark. Can you get out of the pool in time? Because you're not going to fight this thing. You're not in its territory. Like, you're in its territory. It's coming for you. Yeah. And even at that, what I, kind of love about, what I love about Michael Myers is you can fight back. It's not going to help. But you can fight back. He is human. Mm. You can stab him, shoot him, but he's going to win. There's that, always that illusion that Michael, you can beat Michael Myers, but if you get close enough to him, he's probably going to get the upper hand. Yeah. I think we talked about this with, uh, talked about the the Halloween movie being delayed because they, obviously due to coronavirus, can't really show the movie in a cinema uh, during uh, COVID lockdown or COVID restrictions. So they're just deciding to delay by a year. But they did release a teaser trailer, which I really enjoyed. But I noticed a recurring pattern once you watch all of the, the movies is that every time someone puts down Michael Myers, emergency services go to get him there's almost always some kind of emergency response that goes huh i think we got the big guy this time and then they take him away to like a shadowy room where he just reboots comes back and murders people again it happens every fucking movie that i've watched maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll try and rectify that in halloween kills <laughs> well that's what i liked about the the trailer actually was i went back and rewatched the trailer having seen all the movies and i think that's it's quite well done that you have all three of the strode women screaming at the emergency services to not go to the house. Like, they're passing yeah. it like 100 miles an hour, but they know emergency services are going to go at that house, put out the fire, accidentally save Michael, and now they have to relive it. And I was re-watching the show going... Yeah, another dickhead. <laughs> another Loomis-type dickhead that's just going to go, I could learn so much from you, and then they get the next nap. Yeah. I, uh... So many psychiatrists because of Michael Myers. <laughs> See, the thing is that, like... Loomis himself actually fears Michael Myers. Like, he knows what's going to go down the second Michael is not in shackles. And he doesn't even want Michael in shackles. He wants him dead. He repeatedly tries to kill Michael. He just can't do it. Like, he's just physically incapable of killing Mike Myers because, you know, he's the shape. Yeah, he's the shape. But I think there was a... I was watching a review of of, uh, Halloween and someone was saying... Like, I, do, I don't I never got the impression that Loomis couldn't kill Michael he, he wanted to but it's just something about being this this guy's psychiatrist for so many years and 
having basically raised him as a child, he couldn't bring himself to do it. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. He just couldn't kill him because the dude is a walking brick wall made out of titanium. <laughs> titanium and hatred. Yeah, titanium and hatred. <laughs> titanium <laughs> and just absolute loathing for, for women. Yeah. It's horrific. He's uh, it's just titanium and hatred wrapped in a boiler suit with a mask made of, you know, hatred for women. William Shatner's face and hatred for women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're the same thing. It's uh, the one thing I like. I think maybe my favorite kill, and I don't know if we talked about this, but I noticed it the second time around because I knew in Halloween 2 he kills someone with a hammer, and it's a claw hammer, and I knew he hit him with a claw end of it. I was like, damn, that's brutal. I forgot. He doesn't actually swing that hammer. He just shoves the hammer into someone's head. Yeah. It's savage. It it might be one of the most like brutal like it's just a display of uh, force. Like the, yeah. this is just what he can conjure up for a nobody. This is somebody he doesn't know. This isn't a member of the family, someone he has some weird uh, psychological attachment to. This is just mm-hmm. some random he meets and he just shoves a claw hammer into their skull. You're like, damn. <laughs> That's yeah. that, that may be Michael Myers in a nutshell for me. It does, he does the same thing in Halloween 2018 where you just see someone out in their back garden, you just see a bloody picture of Michael braining someone with a hammer mm. in, in a garage or something like that. Oh yeah, he picks up the hammer from the garage, follows her into the kitchen, beats her to death while she's trying to eat a sandwich. Because you see the close-up of the hammer and you're just thinking, oh shit, we're getting a Halloween 2 nod here. Oh yeah, that's the big long tracking shot that I absolutely fucking love. Oh, that's oh, so fucking insane. See, I'm the, gonna dig it the Blu-ray and watch that later tonight. Unsurprisingly, like the the long tracking shots and actually long shots in general are quite common in Halloween. Like yeah. going back to the original, it's like, damn, this this does a lot. It's it spends a lot of time on certain scenes that are important and should have long shots. But I didn't think someone would actually do that back in the what 1980s. Is Halloween a 1980s franchise? I think it is. Late late 1980s, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not going to Google that. We can just believe it's late 1980s. It seems a bit right. I want to say 80s slasher has been used to describe that quite a few times. So. Yeah, because it's, the, it's the, the originator, isn't it? This is well, not the originator, but it's, it's close. It's what, what started the big slasher boom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, one thing you said, you said you watched the, the review of this. Have you been enjoying reviews lately? Because I've, I've been really enjoying reviews of movies that I've already seen. Like, I'll go back and watch, like, a 20-minute review as opposed to go back and watch the whole film again. Actually, I've kind of went the opposite way. I prefer to go and watch a the movie again because I, I tried to watch a review of Resident Evil 3 from someone who I've been watching for years, and I thought, oh, I'll watch this. And it was just them talking about, you know, how much they loved the original, and I just, at a certain point, I was like, no, you you don't know what you're saying. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Switch subjects. Like this is pish. <laughs> I just find myself getting really really angry just going. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't like that. Some uh, some reviewers tend to give you the life story before. Like to understand where I was when I first saw Resident Evil Three, and you're like, no one cares. Just shut up and talk about the film. Yeah, just get the fuck on with it. Yeah, I uh, I actually. I've been watching a lot of films recently, and uh, I sat down and watched Parasite and Snowpiercer. Um, I, I watched Parasite first. On my list. Yes, and you'll be receiving the Blu-rays promptly. Uh, these might, uh, like, I might be asking you to push these up the list a little bit more, because I, I fucking love these movies. 
Um, I know Snowpiercer is on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's bounced around back and forward. The, the movie. I, f- I think there's no. I think there's a TV show. There's a TV show that Netflix made. Um, they were they had Snowpiercer on there for a while. I think it might have moved to Amazon. Uh, either way. Yeah, but it's I available somewhere. Um, but yeah, I watched uh, Parasite after hearing how well it did at the Oscars because um, it walked away with Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay and Best International Film. So, mm. to put that in context, it's the best movie made by a non-American by the best director of that year who wrote the movie himself. That kind of makes me want to see what's going on. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it in great detail because I don't want to spoil it. I want you, the listener, to see it. I want Dom to see it. I want to come back and have like a proper like discussion about this movie later on at some date. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the plot, really quickly, is a family of con artists uh, begin to seduce a family of rich people into giving them jobs and then find out what's really going on in the house. And that is all I want to tell you. Ah. So, yeah. Uh, I don't, is it a horror movie or a thriller type of movie? What, what kind of film is it? I I really think this is one that's going to be kind of hard to um, classify because it definitely has horror elements. Uh, some of its stuff is downright amazing horror uh, filmmaking. And then large chunks of it are quite happy. Like the actual uh, process of the... Uh, well, there's the the con artists called the Kims and then there's like the rich family of the Parks the process of mm-hmm. the Kims sneaking into the Parks house like one at a time trying to get individual jobs and building this network of like fake names and stuff to try and con their way into the house is really happy like I'm rooting for these guys like I want them to succeed but then like at certain points in the movie flips uh, like switches get flipped and you're in a horror movie like no question about it it's a very strange one. I I don't even know what to call it, really, but I'd say it's horror. I'd say it's horror anyway. Yeah. Uh, as soon as Parasite dropped and people were raving about this movie, I thought, yeah, this is definitely one to watch, but it was one of those films that uh, Amazon had books about Parasite, but I could never seem to get the movie. Hmm. On Blu-ray, anyway. I uh, I bought my Blu-ray from them, so I'm I'm sure they've cleaned it up now. But I know that there's um, there's a manga called Parasite as well, which I've kind of started. I'm working with. Hmm. Isn't Parasite spelled with a Y? Yes, uh, but then you have people trying to like resell it and misspelling it. So, All right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, like there's there's, there's like a two-hour movie. Uh, like this two-hour movie is so well layered and constructed. There's like a few red herrings and stuff so that not everything you're told is not like uh what you call it oh it's a it's a film writing idea uh somebody's gun uh Chekhov Chekhov's gun yeah where if you have a gun on the mantelpiece that gun has to be there at the end and you used to shoot someone not everything is like that there's some stuff that's just there as character detail but there's a lot going on in this movie that's really well layered in from start to finish so like pay attention when you see this film and just enjoy it all um, yeah, I'll definitely. Pay attention. It seems that one of those films that you can't just have on in the background. You just need to put it on and give it your full attention. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been told about it anyway. If for no other reason than it's Korean uh, with subtitles, I don't think there was an English dub. 
and uh, frankly, I wouldn't watch it with the dub if there was one. So, uh, but also like having seen that, I went to. I mean, the director is. I'm gonna fuck up the name. Let's go with uh, Scottish people try to pronounce Korean, shall we? Let's do it. <laughs> so we have Bong Jun Ho. Maybe that was correct. Bong yeah. B O N G J O O N H O. Bong Jun Ho. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. So I watched uh, his other film uh, today, like just maybe like half an hour before we started uh, recording, and that was a mistake. I keep doing that to myself. I keep uh, watching something, say, oh, just. I'll sneak in one more film so I can talk about it on the podcast and end up watching the most traumatizing shit ever. Um, yeah, this is like this is the this is the big one that really made him a, a big name because it's working with uh, Chris Evans, uh, Tilda Swinton, yeah, John uh, Hurt's in it as well, isn't it? Yeah, John Hurt and uh, Ed Hur- Ed Harris. Ed, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who he, that's his like category of like, oh yeah, Ed Harris, oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I watched that, and uh, like the the movie Parasite has a lot to do with uh, class and social structure, because um, it's all to do with the house, uh, like the servants taking over the household. But Snowpiercer is um, on a whole other level. This is just a like a, a very brutal hands like the entire film has to be necessarily violent, um, because it is about revolt and it's about bloodshed because of social class. Yeah. But uh, I did not expect what I got. I mean, even with Chris Evans being the star of the movie, holding an axe on the front of the uh, of the DVD cover, I was like, holy shit, this is completely unexpected. Hey, what did you say? I said, yeah, you probably weren't, expect- probably weren't expecting the amount of brutal that that is. Because even when you see uh, Chris Evans, you can expect, oh, this is going to be... Because you're so used to seeing him as Captain America, you're like, oh, here's, uh, here's more Captain America. Yeah, and uh, I actually watched one of the DVD features, which was him and Tilda Swinton being like, we did not see this movie coming like this. We knew it was going to be good because we were signing up to work with the director, but this was still an experience as actors that they think will probably shape their uh, their like choices in films coming forward. And I'm like, excellent. If it makes people work with uh, weirder, more horror-themed directors or pushes them out to be uh, more willing to work with international directors because they were talking about the fact that as a, he said, as a Korean director, he shoots completely differently to how most American uh, people film. Like, they film more coverage. He's just going for, like, I have my vision. And I'll let some people... Yeah. I'll let people play around a little bit, but I know what I want. And it's, it's a very, very direct in, like, what he wants to do. And I'm like, that's really interesting that it's so different. But as you say, he's been Captain America for so long, he's probably shooting on uh, like Marvel Studio stuff all year round. Yeah. Or was it? Yeah, he's he's done with the whole Marvel thing then, I think. It's a shame. Another one of those people that he doesn't want to go back. Yeah, but I mean, he, he is I, America's ass. He does owe us that. Yeah. He, he's, he's, got, he's got a little break coming his way. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't need to be there all night. And uh, he also has Knives Out, so if you haven't seen that as well... I think that was free on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's still on Amazon Prime. I just realised something. Right, I've I've not been able to get much sleep lately because my room is about a thousand degrees. I realised, like, I just replayed some of the shit I just said in my head. I'm not making a lot of sense tonight. I apologise for not listening <laughs> to that podcast. It's it's hard. Like this is uh, it's very strange trying to keep. Like, let's put it this way: Scotland exists in a normal state 
of being around single digit temperatures for most of the year. Uh, we have grey skies, high precipitation. Most of that is rain. Not a lot of air humidity. And right now, Scotland has completely flipped its shit. Especially in the last couple of days. Like, we had a massive, I'd call, tropical storm hit Scotland. And uh, people were up at, like, 3 in the morning watching thunderstorms. And it's completely fucked. Yeah. Everyone I know. I know, you're, uh, I know you're not on Facebook anymore. And to be honest, I'm kind of leaning that way as well. But it, so many people on... Uh, Facebook, posting pictures and videos of the the thunder and the lightning and the rain and stuff. We can fucking see it. <laughs> we have windows. Yeah, and uh, like this is the thing. Like I'm three miles away from where Don is, or like we were in towns on the other side of a hill. We could both see it. So yeah. this this was going over multiple towns. Not that surprising, but we were receiving the like tail end of something that was in Edinburgh, and that's town. 15 or 15 20 miles away depending on which part of Edinburgh you go to but Edinburgh was getting smashed by it but at the same time I talked to my mum who looks over the fourth uh towards the the dark land that is Fife they were getting hit with it as well their webbed feet will get them away from the water anyway yeah they're fine they've got gills but the like just this is like the scale of a of a storm that hit Scotland and we're currently just in this weird, uh, like, pressure system that's just really high pressure. There's a lot of heat, a lot of humidity, not a lot of rain, which, until there's uh, all hell breaking loose. I mean, there's footage of, uh, we're going to say Coburn Street, although it's spelt Cockburn Street. It's, yeah. It really should be called Cockburn Street. It's fucking funny. Uh, but there's uh, footage of Coburn Street, and that was basically a river. Yeah. And, of course, there was some idiot walking right up it. Of course. Yep, there's always one. Same with um, earlier this year, places like Stirling got hit with really bad rain. And uh, there's quite a lot of underpasses going through Stirling, uh, going through the city, city centre and shit like that. And those got completely covered with flood water. At yeah. the point where the underpasses were completely filled to the brim with water, you couldn't get through them. You had to go a big massive walk around. And the amount of people that were shooting videos of them swimming through the underpass. And like the underpasses are fairly long. Like, yeah, <laughs> fairly flooded. And like, you're just going to try and swim through that in one breath. Good luck, pal. <laughs> I don't know if you ever tried to swim the entire length of a pool underwater, but I would not recommend it. It's not. It's not going to do you well to try and do that. Especially in like, we're not talking about like pool water here. If we're going to talk about like sterling rainwater, we're talking about water that I'm not going to say it has AIDS, but let's just assume for the purpose of your own safety, it has AIDS. That's yeah, the quality there's, there's of water. Dog shit in that like, get the fuck out with that water. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I feel you right now. I mean, I've been uh, struggling to sleep with the, the humidity, the heat, and this is just not the natural weather of the Scotsman, and we are all suffering for it. So if you're if you're in this, like, a headspace right now where it's like, my brain's melting and I can feel it dripping out my ears, like, I'm sitting here sweating doing a podcast. That's not a thing yeah. that should happen. I... I'm now in that space where my brain hasn't been used as much, and now it's just I'm regressing to basic caveman levels. I'm like, oh, warm. We <laughs> want sleep. Can't sleep too hot. Uh. <laughs> I struggle with the word precipitation now. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that's that's where my head's at. I'm just melting gradually. I'm like, oh no, please kill me. I tried to say basically earlier today, and it came basically, and I'm like, nah, I need to go to sleep. This is just bad. <laughs> I uh, actually on the. I think it was the the Wednesday after, like, the this storm was on, like, Tuesday night. 
and the the Wednesday afterwards was fantastic weather. Uh, so fantastic. Oh, yeah. I walked up to see my grandmother and that's like a 45 minute walk. Completely red sunburn by the time I was done. I was fucked. And then the heat stroke hit me about four hours later and I could not say... I was watching uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong and I could not talk about the movie. I was an absolute dribbling idiot. Yeah. I had to... I remember, because uh, rugby training can start again, I was going to go to training on Tuesday night, but I was getting the I was getting the whole, uh, I wouldn't go, the weather's meant to be bad, it's meant to turn. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll no bother going. Because like, I was ready to go. I was sitting by the door with my bag, waiting for 7 o'clock, or waiting for half five so I could go and get the train. Fucking waiting for it. And I got the whole, I didn't bother going. So took the night off of training, so I thought, if the if the weather's good tomorrow, I'll uh, I'll go out and do some training. And it was what forty odd. It, people said it hit forty one degrees, but it felt like a, a good even thirty odd degrees. And I was at training in that. Yeah. By the time I finished doing some training, did a, did some running around the woods, did some uh, drills and shit, got back up to the house. About half past twelve, one o'clock in the afternoon, and I got asked, "Do you want some lunch?" And instead of going, "Yeah, sure, food sounds great," I just kind of went. <laughs> <laughs> my brain wouldn't work it was just an absolutely garbled mess yeah and uh, I feel like we should mention uh, what happened up in Stonehaven up in Aberdeen oh, yeah. um, that's terrific because all this, uh, the sudden downpour the uh, bad weather conditions uh, left the like rail services in an absolute shit show and a train actually came off the tracks, and I don't know if you've seen the footage of the crash site, but it's uh, pretty hard to fathom how a train ends up underneath itself, in a weird way. One of the carriages is actually underneath two of the other carriages, just because of the way this all came, like, train going at probably normal speeds, uh, came came off the track, started to uh, slide flip, and then just basically tore itself apart. Somehow, there were only a few people on board and the casualty numbers aren't that bad but still this was a very near miss uh, for Scotland it's horrific fo- horrific footage of the crash site is just it's hard to fathom how a train ends up like that it's so massive you can't imagine it basically being tossed around like a child's toy yeah it, it, was, it fucking terrified me because I thought right, I was on a train I, I would have been on a train the night before I would have shot myself in the train if that happened yeah and uh, there's other damaging impacts. Uh, I think it's just actually down the road from where I am. Uh, there is a burst dam uh, leading onto a another rail track. So the main train track between Edinburgh and Glasgow is compromised. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's also read up in the article for that for uh, through the Falkirk Herald. There is a, a conservation effort because the dam that burst had several uh, types of. Uh, fish in it that were being used to kind of repopulate the area and they've all gone just out because the dam burst the fish went with the water and uh, they're having to hunt down fish in various small ponds around the area because the water just dragged them away i'm like shit how how, how bad was this because i mean this was four or five hours of solid rainfall and i've actually sent dom some pictures of uh, a nearby path that i used to walk between bonus and lithgow and it is beyond fucked just due to the sheer volume of downpour. How are things on your end then? Uh, no, um, from the storm, my end was relatively not too bad. We have pretty decent. Uh, I'm on a hill, so the water just drained down immediately. But uh, 
the roads are fucked. Like the um, somehow like the rainwater, the amount of rainwater that was falling down has just seeped into all the cracks and breaks in the road and have just forced the road open. Like there's a um, there's kind of two parts to my street. There's the odd houses which are odd and odd numbered houses which are odd at the bottom, the even. No, odd numbers are where I am, uh, up the top of the street, and then all the evens are down the bottom. And there's just a pile of broken tarmac and rubble and shit that's just been swept down there by the rainwater. Shit. <laughs> it's fucking biblical. I mean, it would be impressive if it wasn't happening to our stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I. if you're wondering why the, the podcast is a bit scatterbrained, it's because we all suck at recording in the heat. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah, you, was it? You this you you might hear a, a fan in the background. That's just because it is that warm in this room. I need to have a fan on the background, otherwise I, I will melt in real time. <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure the I'm sure the listeners forgive. Um, yeah. forgive us because we give our uh, music recommendations frequently, actually, especially when I'm drunk. I don't. There's a very obvious way to tell when I'm uh, completely hammered, and that's because the like list of YouTube links. Increases exponentially when I'm on Twitter, uh, and See, I get to start recommending more shit when I'm when I've had a drink in me. It usually starts with, "Oh, dude, have you seen this?" No, man, you need to go on that. You need to go on that. <laughs> no access to weird '80s horror films like I do. Just, oh, dude, have you seen the uh, the original Evil Dead? Oh, man, you need to go on that. It's fucking great. I yeah, uh, I I need to see of all the like weird '80s horror films. I need to see what uh, Peter Jackson was doing. Because apparently he was a king of schlock horror movie uh, directors. Brain dead. There's like three or four of them, and uh, El Goro of Talk with It Rhythm podcast has been going through and reviewing them all. And I just they sound fascinating. He uh, got on for like two of them. They they did back to back for like a, a double feature, and I'm like, I need yeah. to see these films. They sound so shitty and or great. It's hard to describe. Yeah, I think in one of them, they there's a. A decapitation with a, a lawnmower. Like it revs up a lawnmower. Yes, that's dead alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one, the other one they reviewed, I think, was uh, called Meet the Feebles, and that was yeah. a parody of the uh, what do you call them, uh, the Muppets, uh, <laughs> using a a circus of uh, like puppet creatures having sex, doing drugs, and killing themselves. So. <laughs> And apparently it ends in a brutal shotgun rampage with Muppet, Muppet characters. I'm like, excellent. <laughs> this is this is my shit. It's like that, uh, what is it? The, there was a film that came out that had Robert De Niro play a, a puppet. I think it had Melissa McCarthy. Not Melissa McCarthy. Is it Melissa McCarthy? Female. Which one's the... From the Saturday Night Live sketches? Yes, it is Melissa McCarthy. I was going to say, Jenna McCarthy is the slut that no one takes seriously. Uh, uh, McCarthy, I think they were in a film called The Happy Fun Time Murders or something. And it was basically just what happens if the Muppets... Yeah, became... The Happy Fun Time Murders. Yeah. Oh, happy Time Murders. Um, yeah, I got you on yeah, that so, one. Fun Look it up, man. Fucking I've, yeah, I've got, I've got it here. <laughs> uh, the, the no, that, was, that, was, uh, that wasn't you. That was just if you're fucking interested in a weird film by Robert De Niro, just <laughs> Google it. If you want to see Puppet Robert De Niro... Probably try and flirt with and or bang Melissa McCarthy. We have the movie for you, but why? Why, why is that your thing? <laughs> why do you see that? Uh, but yeah, like on the list of recommendations, um, I had Orbit Culture 
we've been or I've been a fan of this band for a while now, just having heard random tracks of theirs and then realizing oh they're actually a proper uh, like team. Uh, they've been doing stuff since 2014 uh, with an album called In Medias Res. Uh, they made another album called uh, Raisin, R-A-S-E-N. Not sure how that's supposed to be pronounced because they're Swedish. And uh, mm. now we have Nia, uh, N-I-J-A, which is uh, like this is actually the the singles from this, uh, The Shadowing, is one of the, the songs that got me into the band. So having the full album there is really good. Mm. And interestingly enough, they've put all the, the singles at the back half of the album. Hmm. So you end up going through this, uh, the, the main album, the main core of the album, just to experience it, and finding good tracks there, and then getting to the singles, because I've noticed that I gravitate towards the singles way more. Huh. So yeah, I, I, I dig the album. I've only listened to it once or twice, so um, I need to listen to it a lot more before I'd say, yeah, absolutely love it. But so far, so good. Would recommend. Um, What else is there? Oh yeah, I like you're not gonna enjoy this recommendation, but uh, I like Hollywood and Dead. They're trash and they're oh, fun. <laughs> bro, why? You... Go for it. Go for it. No, I'm just why. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I I may or not <laughs> Take two. Fuck it. Jesus Christ. I may or may not <laughs> have been drinking out of soul cups when I discovered them, but I really, really enjoy just the, the level of just trash rap that's going on. Uh, yes. You in a in one of your American football jerseys, with a, a snapback that's turned to the right slightly, just going. The song's a fucking banger, bro. <laughs> bro, fuck shit up, start right, bro. <laughs> let's let's but, do this. Hollywood will never die, bro. Yeah, bro. Gonna get tattoos of a, a band that started on MySpace on my arm. <laughs> uh, but they they actually did a track with uh, the rapper Tech Nine, who has his own album out this week, I think. So I need to check out that as well. But uh, yeah, they uh, did a track called Idol. And I just, I maybe have been listening too much to the, the Doom Eternal soundtrack, but they have just really hard uh, dubstep like track going through this thing. And just, I love it. It just, it is, it fulfills the need for trash within me. And I love it. Um, I really wish I could deadlift to the song, but I can't because the fucking government. God damn it. I wish this, this belongs in the gym. Yeah. Although, Ed, uh... It might be that whole uh, September 14th, that might be a pipe dream because Aberdeen reported a shit ton of new COVID-related cases. Yeah. So I think we're back into lockdown soon. Yeah, Aberdeen's already been put in lockdown. There are more, uh, I don't think it's another cluster, but there's something related to a Glasgow school. And yeah. all of the gym's reopening was predicated on the school's reopening and it's just not going the way we planned, so... My September I mean, clubs with zero defenses put in their uh, shield against COVID was a bad idea. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm just not going to into it because I get surprisingly heated. Like I found the deadline had moved, and was furious um, because it's now we're now a month away from what might be the gym's opening, and I don't see it happening. And that was my, you know, there's always like a carrot and a stick to motivate you to do something. My carrot for like obeying COVID lockdown protocols was I get the gym back eventually if I behave and everyone else around me behaves and I encourage the good behaviour I get the gym back the stick is very obvious the stick is my grandma dies so it's a pretty big stick but the carrot yeah. was that I get the gym back yeah, it's a fairly heavy heavy stick <laughs> yeah but uh, we, all, we all just played by the same rules and you know not shouted my freedom <laughs> whenever someone asked you to wear a mask 
we could be back in the gym right now. I could be in the gym. I could be in the university campus instead of having to do all my lectures online for the first couple of months. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really like doing the exams online again because that makes it piss easy. But Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully you guys get the easy exams and not the, the shitty lectures through Zoom. Yeah. Maybe maybe teachers will have learned how to use Zoom by then. You never know. Straight. No, no, no. <laughs> We had a we had a, a sort of touch base, kind of, this is how it was going to happen, meeting on Thursday afternoon, and it started with, oh God, what am I doing? Oh, there's, there's loads of buttons, what did I do? <laughs> At that point, I uh, forgot to turn the microphone on my headset off, I just kind of went, holy shit, it's going to be one of those, and she went, one of what? <laughs> oh shit, turn my microphone off. <laughs> no, I, uh, I use Alt-A. Uh, if you hit Alt A on a Zoom call, you can uh, mute your mic. Ah, I'll, I'll know that for next time. Although I'm using something called WebEx. Ooh. Which is just the most ineffective piece of software. I wonder if it's like a. Do you remember Xfire from back in the day? Xfire was golden. Don't you say a bad word about it. But I wonder if that's like the, the, the like successor. Like multiple iterations down, Xfire becomes <laughs> WebEx. Maybe. Although this is WebEx is a business thing, so it's not Web with just a single X. It's Web EX. Oh, right. Executive sounds some oh. sounds all hoity toity. <laughs> sounds crap, and it like it won't have shortcuts. Um, oh, no. But yeah, my other recommendation was uh, the Sound City soundtrack uh, featuring Corey Taylor from Can to Can, and my brother introduced the song to me, and then I found out like multiple people at work all really enjoy that song. Um, but it was part of like a studio recorded uh, album for like saving this old studio that done a bunch of work with. Uh, I mean, the list was Johnny Cash, Neil Young, Fleetwood Mac, Elton John, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers, Guns N' Roses, Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Metallica, uh, Death Cab for Cutie, Fallout Boy, like huge fucking bands. Um, that sounds like you sell. That sounds like the kind of record that you would sell a few of every second. And there's a new Diamond fan that she's bought one. No, no, this is that like that's the list of people who've recorded albums in the studio. Oh right, right. right. Yeah, I thought no. that was these these all recorded songs for this record. Oh, I, I wish that that would be interesting. Just see how all of that comes together. Yeah. Um, but like in the Wikipedia article I for mean, like this, I know Richie and Rob Zombie can come together and make a track. I think anybody on that list can. <laughs> but there's uh, like looking at the albums that are recorded there. Uh, there's been Santana albums recorded there. Deal recorded Holy Diver there. Uh, Saxon's Crusader album was done there, apparently. The soundtrack for the 1998 Godzilla movie was done there. That's kind of cool, for just, like, oh. dumb geek reasons. It's, it's really not. It is. <laughs> the horrible one with uh, Matthew Broderick? Yes, with P. Diddy on the soundtrack. Uh, with such stellar lines as, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> It was the greatest movie of our time, and that says more about our time than the movie. <laughs> uh, the fact that it's a highly rated movie for its time says more about the people, not the movie. Uh, apparently they did some of the System of a Down album, like System of a Down there, which is interesting. Uh, and then some of Slipknot's Iowa. And then after that, it goes downhill because you've got Vanilla Ice's Bipolar and Kid Rock's Born Free. <laughs> Jesus. I wonder why the studio fell on hard times. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's try and decipher that one. But yeah, the uh, like it, it's a good song, and then you put the like that context of like they made this to save a historic landmark, and uh, yeah, it's absolutely fucking 
classic. I mean, watch the video if you can, just because it's uh, Dave Grohl was one of the masterminds behind all this, so it's like him back on drums and Corey Taylor uh, taking the piss from the very start. Dave Grohl going back to playing the drums. Because you forget just how good a drummer he is because you see how good a vocalist and guitarist he is. Yeah. I mean, like, this the song, I said, you, you can't play this in the arena, but it belongs in a dingy bar at 11.30 after too, well, a few too many. Damn classic. Yeah. Any music you'd like to recommend? Uh, as usual, I am I am trash when it comes to finding new music. I just <laughs> keep playing the same music over and over again. Uh, recently, I found myself on a kind of a weird wanting to be relaxed because everything else in my my current zeitgeist was a bit stressful, hadn't really been sleeping. So I've been on to... I'm just kind of browsing. Uh, I found... I say I say I found recently, it was about a few years ago, I found a, an artist by the name of John Hopkins who does this really, really cool... It's, it's basically just sleep music, quite lo-fi sleep music. Nice. A couple of records, so I'd highly recommend John Hopkins for anyone who has sleeping problems like I do. Uh, recently started getting into quite a lot of ghost their album um, Meloria or Meloria yeah dude fucking great record yeah uh, uh, what the fuck's this song it is the uh, Square Hammer I put on Square Hammer and try not to at least just nod your head you'll go with it uh, funnily enough at one point like three weeks ago I think my brother demand like I was again a little bit drunk and I demanded in the, in the group chat that I be given new music and my brother immediately said, Ghost Square Hammer. Yeah, oh, dude, it's fantastic. Uh, also, the uh, my favourite band of all time, In Flames, did a re-release of one of their records, Clayman, uh, which was recorded originally, I think sometime in the early 2000s, maybe late 1990s, and they updated the, the some of the tracks, re-released it. A lot of people think it's a complete and utter garbage, but I think it's really good, it's really solid. Uh, the only problem that I have with the record is that it sounds like someone put a blanket over the speakers. Oh. A blanket over the instruments, so it sounds kind of dampened, but I think that kind of lends to the overall record itself. I like it, but I am looking at this whole thing through rose-tinted glasses. If you're an Inflames fan like I am, I definitely would recommend uh, looking at Clayman 2020. Definitely worth a watch. And if you don't like it, there's always the original Clayman. Yeah, just go and watch the original Clayman. <laughs> it's, it's surprisingly, kids, when someone re-releases or redoes something... The original's you, probably still there. Yeah, you can go and watch the you can go and watch the original again. Except it's like for Star when Wars. Gears of War Judgment came out. It was shit. You can go back and play Gears One, Two or Three. They're still there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of stuff that's still there, um you you started something. Did I? Yeah, you started us with uh, I'm blaming you for this. Uh, <laughs> uh I, I was like I don't even know how we came to the subject, but I think you just said I've been watching this. Oh, it was uh, we both forgot we were doing the podcast tonight. Yeah, you messaged me saying if it wasn't for a uh, calendar notifications, I'd forget that we were recording. And me being the hyper efficient man that I am, I said I didn't forget, and I did not. No matter what you say, spend the entire day watching X Men cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I immediately jumped on with the assumption that this was going to be the original. 90s Fox uh, cartoon that we, we watched growing up as kids. Yeah. Uh, the one that the, the, the opening solo song or the opening uh, guitar track is legendary. And yeah. if you can, definitely check out Power Glove's cover of that opening track. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. 
But uh, no, the reason why I didn't watch the original nineties version was because that I remember it being pretty damn good when I was younger. I haven't watched it again since. I remember it being a really good cartoon. I don't want to ruin that image that I have in my head by rewatching it. Because <laughs> it paid off with Batman the Animated Series. That cartoon is fucking gorgeous in terms of animation, the storylines, the characters. It's fucking amazing. It stood up. I don't think X-Men or the Fox Kids slash Jetix version of X-Men is going to hold up as well. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think that will hold up very well at all. I mean, it's that classic 90... Like, I could maybe see us enjoying some of like old that era Spider Man, just uh, ironically, but I don't think the X Men one will hold up that well either. Although, oh, we'll... dude, if you want to watch old cheesy Spider Man cartoons, look up uh, Spider Man uh, fighting the Shocker from the old 1990s cartoon. <laughs> it is. The guy, I think the guy's name is Christopher, da- Christopher Daniel Barnes. He played Peter Parker and Spider Man in that. He earns his paycheck that day. Because he's chasing Shocker and he's sitting there going, "You can't get away from me, Shocker. I'll chase you to the ends of the earth." <laughs> and like he phones in this performance, something chronic. <laughs> Although we will at some point be talking about uh, Spider-Man animated series, because I wasted three pounds last night. <laughs> and wasted three. I I have uh, a DVD coming for I, th- I can't remember what it's called. It's like Spider-Man Evolution, which Spider-Man is the new animated series. Yes. And it is the early 2000s 3D uh, animated show about Spider-Man. This is going to be dog shit and I cannot fucking wait. I think my entire reason for buying it was... What's this, sir? Uh, From what I remember, the storylines were pretty good, but you will recognise none of the villains because they're all kind of weird, bizarro versions of Black Cat. I think the only one you'll recognise is maybe the Lizard, Dr. Corners, and Electro. But apart from that... Not many other characters you recognise. I think my, my, my reason for buying it was Neil Patrick Harris is Spider-Man and Michael Clark Duncan is the voice of Kingpin. Um, yep. Yeah. And that was like, okay, I'm buying this just for shits and giggles. Rob Zombie plays Dr. Connors. So. He's playing oh, Dr. Connors? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he plays Dr. Kurt Connors. The lizard. So I am all if for this. But uh, back to the, the 2006 animation atrocity at hand. I wouldn't really say that <laughs> X-Men Evolution was an animation atrocity. I mean, I, I my problem with this is, I don't know if I watched this or not as a kid, and it really fucked with me for the first, like, couple episodes. You've watched the whole thing. I've only watched, like, the first five and then a few random episodes here and there. Yeah, I've watched the whole thing now, but I remember back, like, I watched it back in the day. I remember tuning in, kind of really paying attention from season three onwards for the last season three and season four the first two seasons i'd never really seen before mm. i had uh, kind of grown up thinking season three there was only really two seasons but re-watching it it kind of falls into the same pitfalls that all 90s cartoons do wolverine has his claws out but he never really uses them except to cut down doors yeah <laughs> there's always a few scenes of wolverine you know drawing his claws out doing a snarl at the camera then opting to kick instead yeah, no, was kind of it's a weird show. Yeah, I I find it really weird. And oh, it's a, it's a kids cartoon. It has to follow certain logics and certain things. And Wolverine can't go around stabbing people, so that kind of makes sense uh, that he only uses the the claws on the doors because you just can't show yeah. that to kids. Cla- uh, uh, doors and robots. That's all he can stab. Yeah, he stabs the shares and uh, robots because one thing that I, I noticed as well was the the danger room. I forgot that the X Men just have a room that they 
blow up basically every week with a training exercise. How did they fund that? Did they ever discuss that? I know it's not obviously like that's not part of the important part of the X Men is the funding, but that's a lot of money. I genuinely think at some point they dropped the fact that Professor Xavier is a billionaire, right? And they just go, yes, that's how he got all these things. Or Professor Xavier is just the ultimate con artist who's hypnotizing people into bankrolling his shit. That makes a lot more sense than just him randomly having a billion dollars for some reason. Yeah. Like, he has a jet that he stole from the military with experimental military technology. He has a jet that has the same... He has a helicopter that has the same technology. He has a danger room with holographic panels that can project any image that they want. Yeah, he's got to be using his powers to get money from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> or the tuition fee for the Xavier Institute is just exorbitantly high. Yeah, but they, they go around to like every kid that they can find and they're just like, yeah, we'll take him in. And there's never any discussion of fees, so it must be that he's tricking people. That's the only way it makes sense. <laughs> we got space for him, let's take him. That'll be two billion, please. <laughs> we believe that your son may need our services. We don't think we can really let him wander around the planet doing as he pleases, as he may destroy half of all in life. But uh, it's going to cost you. <laughs> How much? Less than his jail service. <laughs> I, uh, Less than Gates has, but more than some other people. <laughs> so there was that. I mean, part of what made me like freak, try to freak out if I could remember as to whether or not I've seen the show is Storm and Cyclops look kind of familiar. I know I've seen uh, Shadowcat and Mystique like that before, but I don't know if it's from something else. The but, more Shadowcat talks in that series, the more that I just want to throw her into a sun. <laughs> but she is like the perfect girl next door at the start. I mean... Shadowcat, it was tough for me to pay attention to Shadowcat when you had Storm there. Yeah, true. About that. Uh, but no, Shadowcat, just the way she spoke, just done my head in. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I couldn't remember... I don't remember Jean Grey looking that way, and I don't remember Professor X having that face. Because every so often, something like that, or some videos of X-Men Evolution, or one of the other uh, channels that I follow, will talk about X-Men Evolution, so it's always been fairly fresh in my head. Hmm. Yeah, it might be that. Oh, and they keep trying to make Toad into a thing. Uh, Toad was always uh, a thing, but he he's basically had all the powers of a frog, so uh, <laughs> he got fairly easily beaten. Yeah, he's supposed to be like a rival at Nightcrawler, because they're both about the same size, and they have to have the kids the same size fight each other. Yeah. But, but they're you're... both really pathetic, so it becomes weird kind of slap fights. <laughs> yeah. But then again, Nightcrawler can teleport anywhere, so why would he even need to stay in the fight? He could just bamf away. Yeah, but he, he never does it because they have to like have the, they have to have the argument. They have to have yeah, the fight for some reason. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's that weird kids TV logic. Like there's the fact that you know, um Jean Grey, we know her through the like the actual the movies and through watching more of the, the show from the nineties and stuff like that, where Jean mm. Grey becomes basically a god. Um, yeah, Phoenix. But even then, before she does that, she's still incredibly powerful. But because this is like a kid's TV show, Jean Grey is getting uh, like bullied by Avalanche at one point. I'm like, who the fuck's Avalanche? <laughs> it's a goddamn nobody. And it, like, there's that really creepy episode where uh, the blob basically abducts her and takes her to like this weird redneck room for a romantic candlelit dinner. Yeah. That was really fucking weird to watch. Yeah, no means no dog. Like, take yeah. down. Uh, they they do a they do a kind of a good job of trying to make certain other characters seem relevant again, like uh, 
the only character in the Brotherhood of Mutants that would actually be a threat to the X-Men would be Blob, because he is stupidly strong and very, very durable. Yeah, like, Blob's intro is him holding two monster trucks in place. Yeah. Pretty badass, like, pretty funny, but he's also about the same size as the monster trucks, but then, obviously, it kind of shifts from time to time. And then you've got uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver's a fucking awful awful character it was so bad when he shows up and he's just he's just speaking slightly faster and i think they've just taken the the voice acting of the original lines and then just sped it up a little bit yeah probably and even the uh the sp- when he's running it's still awful like the animation for him running is bad <laughs> yeah the animation in general is really bad there's the it's episode two i think it's episode two they have like uh the long jump I think it might be might not be two, but it's when they introduce, um, what's her name? The the cat girl, Shadow Cat, and okay. it's her going to do the long jump, and it might be one of the worst things I've seen animated in a long time. Like you can see her running towards the the long jump pit, and it I think they're just you can just see like the feet aren't really they don't look connected to the ground, and you can see they're just making her image bigger as she's yeah. supposed to get closer and they don't know how perspective works and she's actually starting to run onto the sand before she jumps I caught that and I was like oh my god what the fuck did I just watch and went back and watched it again it is exactly what I thought it was and then they show the 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 other like the mean girl who's like I'll show you how the pros do it and I'm like please don't <laughs> please never show us any more long jump again yeah some of the animation gets rough but that's kind of the same in any early 2000s late 90s cartoon because in that same series, uh, Cyclops goes to hit someone with an eye beam. And right. the person's just—I think it might be Juggernaut actually. The person she's walking to Juggernaut, she's walking towards him menacingly. But then it cuts to a, a shot, a wide shot as they're zooming in, and uh, there's no, there's the beam effect going around Juggernaut, but there's no beam coming out of Cyclops's eyes, <laughs> and he's just you know, stretching his neck out, pushing forward, and there's no. Like, there's nothing coming out of his eyes. It's just weird. <laughs> it, it's weird because, like, I noticed as well that characters just seem to randomly move. I mean, like, I, I, I took notice of this because I saw it happen in uh, episode one. So, episode one, Professor X is in the danger, in the control room of the danger room. Toad runs out the room, fleeing for his life. And when he makes it outside, Wolverine happens to be there. Wolverine uh, throws out the claws and gets ready to gut him. And Professor X is already on the balcony overlooking the garden and says, no, Logan, don't do it. I'm like, how fast is this guy's wheelchair? <laughs> he can't make it there that fast. Like, Toad is... He burns burn some nose to get out of there quicker. Yeah, like, Toad runs out, like, 30 seconds before Professor X and he's already there in a wheelchair. And, uh, like, in the same scene, Nightcrawler just teleports straight out and he ends up in the Blackbird's hangar. Cyclops... Yeah is like again like after toad so after like another 30 seconds and then after maybe 15 seconds after that cyclops goes i'll go find him and then immediately cyclops is in the other room with nightcrawler being like oh no stay around hang out with us it's totally fine yeah i mean i think you just need to kind of let that shit slide it's never gonna yeah old old animation's not exactly <laughs> gonna look the greatest and considering that tv shows like x-men evolution were made to try and capitalize on the movies and they were made as quick as possible yeah so there's a shoestring budget on this one like yeah but yeah i mean 
as somebody who goes further into the series, like you've you finished it, how does it feel? How does it compare to like the X Men stuff we watched as kids, and then the movies, and then like Marvel stuff in general today? Uh, in terms of Marvel stuff today, it doesn't really match up because it's 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 like taking a very very fine tuned finished product, and then a fine-tuned finished product that is based on something that has a backing then take X-Men Evolution that's loosely based on different comic book ideas they tried to do a bit of a Batman the Animated Series and have it like there'll be main storylines and be shit that you can follow that's based on comic book stuff but it's not really going to go heavily onto it uh, and there's a lot of a lot of the teen aspect of it for example Kitty Pride, she is the insert teen character and you've got Rogue there it's just the angsty as fuck yeah, yet another teenage character. Yeah. And then there's the de-aging of the characters. You've got Cyclops, the leader of the X-Men, who now is an 18-year-old, or sorry, 16-year-old child at the start of the, the series. Yeah, I'm sure I forget what age he is, because I think he can drive. So yeah, certain states, that would be about 16. No, I think he's 18 at the start of the series. I don't know. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. Yeah, we're going to say between the ages of 16 and 18. But. Yeah. You learn to take the rough of the smooth, rough with the smooth. <laughs> you get, uh, you get some weird janky teenage high school stories, but you also get Christopher Judge as Magneto, and that guy's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I was like, I noticed the the voice, and then like I'm watching it. It's all available on uh, Amazon Prime, by the way, if you yeah. if you've got that service, and uh, they have the the X-ray mode, which I, I find quite interesting because Amazon owns IMDb, and they have like various stats and trivia, but they also do the casting. Um, and sometimes it updates like live depending on who's in certain scenes. Like all of South Park is categorised, you can see which characters are in the scene and who's playing them. But then if you watch certain stuff like this, it's just like here's whoever's in the episode. No one, no one gives a shit. Um, but all four seasons were up on Amazon when I was looking for it. For I mean, for my nostalgia's sake, I'd say yeah, you should give it a shout because you you do get as much as all of Steve Bloom. I do kind of like Scott McNeil's Wolverine a little bit more. Like Steve Bloom is. A, a damn fine Wolverine, but I, I don't know. A little part of me just kind of like Scott McNeil's a little bit more, uh, more Canadian, I think. Uh, yeah, I forget that Wolverine is technically Canadian, isn't he? I don't think he's technically Canadian. I think he is Canadian. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to be Canadian, so I give him the technically as an opt out. I suppose. Eh? <laughs> I'll give you that one. Eh? But it, yeah, you think you were talking about a Quicksilver being quite bad. Uh, wait till you get to uh, overly Russian Colossus, uh, extremely uh, Australian Pyro. <laughs> At one point, uh, Pyro is fighting Shadowcat and she phases through the ground. And uh, Pyro, I shit you not, she says, Oh, look, little Shayla's went down under. Nice. And I <laughs> for a second, just thought someone wrote that line. <laughs> someone wrote that and went, This will be said in an Australian accent. <laughs> I got paid to write that line. Holy shit. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I watched, um, I did skip ahead to see what Cyclops was like, but he was, the only scenes I could see him in were him fighting. So I just heard, rah, 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 you know, that kind of general grunting noise that people make. It, it was quite fun to play the the air, the the voice actor game with the, the X-Men Evolution cast because uh, Scott McNeil, who voices Wolverine, originally voiced Piccolo in the dub that we would have seen back in the first uh, Dragon Ball dub that we would have seen. Uh Cyclops is voiced by Kirby Morrow, who was the first Goku. Right. Uh, you can hear Brian Drummond in there a few times. He's the first Vegeta. So it was, it was pretty cool to play the the voice actor game. 
Yeah, it's it's weird when it's the non funimation version though. For... Yeah. Although as much as I like Christopher Sabat, I still think Scott McNeil's Piccolo is better. Uh I don't remember which one's which. Yeah, uh, but the good thing about uh, Christopher Sabat is he kinda gets the voices close to the original, close to the source material. So when he started doing Vegeta over Brian Drummond, the voice was kinda on the same level, so just take Christopher Sabat's pickle and make it a little bit gruffer and you've kind of got Scott McNeil's. Interesting. I might go back and look at that because I, uh, when I heard that they were bringing back the original Vegeta to do a couple episodes for Super uh, because there was two Vegetas at the same time and they did that as a kind of nod to the fans, I thought that'd be interesting and went and watched the two side by side and then like I've never actually sat and watched the original like Piccolo before so yeah it'll be interesting like the the 90s voice acting animation or an, uh, animation voice acting scene was really weird like you had people showing up that you didn't expect yeah and again it's just i think it's a bunch of actors who are like i really need to, i really need to make rent this month who is willing to hire me oh voice acting i can do voice acting yeah <laughs> got some shit to pay so uh let's get there let me do some speaking at a microphone <laughs> the cards are due <laughs> the credit card bills are due let's go a little bit of a nostalgia trip, I'd, I'd recommend X-Men Evolution. But if not, you're looking for a good uh, superhero show, I'd highly recommend The Boys. I, I watched that series recently. Oh, uh, season one, right? Yeah, season two comes out on the 4th of September. So, I think we'll be able... I'll, I'll try and watch that because I've been recommended. I think when I said I hadn't seen it, someone yelled at me. Um, so I'm going to try and get that knocked off the list. Uh, I think you'll like it because it's a superhero show with the superheroes are the bad guys. Uh, the superheroes are basically they're so strong and so ultra powerful that they can literally do whatever the fuck they want and uh, Carl Urban's character Billy Butcher it's his job or he's taking the job of reining them in because he has a vendetta against uh, soups as he calls them he calls them yeah. yeah I would highly recommend the boys yeah I heard it was about like I, my initial impression was it's like the superhero kind of clean up crew Wait. and then it just goes sideways yeah and there's some moments where you just think holy shit did he just do that what the fuck you can't <laughs> You killed a baby, what the hell? You're supposed to be this world's Superman. But still legally distinct from Superman. <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, Carl Urban's character, Billy Butcher. You're, like, You're meant to be the hero of this story. You just blew someone up. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'll, I'll try and check it out, and then we can talk season one, just before season two. And uh, yeah, we'll try and get that sorted out. The Tyler recommend the boys. Uh, what else have I been watching? X-Men. Watch the bo- I've been looking for something to watch, and there's kind of precious little... So I'm kind of burning through my movies just now, so... Yeah. I, I've uh, I've kind of taken a step back from watching like weird animated stuff, but I think I'll go back. There's some stuff coming up in the later half of August that has me interested, so I will... Um, I'll maybe be going back to that half of it, that neck of the woods, but in the meantime, I'm just going to try and watch as many movies as I can. So I've got that. I've got the itch every now and again. You get that kind of itch to watch uh, good or bad movies. Now, for me, it's just been horror movies because, like I said, I've been playing Dead by Daylight. I've been wanting to watch just as much horror stuff as I can. I've really been wanting to watch uh, the Friday the 13th movies. Oh, um, do I have those? No, I don't. I have have Nightmare on Elm Street for some reason. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street's all right. It's not the greatest. I uh, I had the Friday the 13th DVDs lined up to be bought on Amazon, but I'm going to hold off on it for a little bit longer. Yeah, there was another one. The first four are okay, then it just gets bad. Sounds like we're buying the entire box set and drinking as we go through them. 
I think alcohol is recommended on the back of the box for the last half. <laughs> the it's last half, it gets weird. I know that he goes to space. I know that's the, that's where that joke kind of originates from. Yeah, Jason X. Bad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, for some reason he becomes, he goes from like the hockey mask and the flannel to like a space suit and a metal mask. Like, yeah, he gets upgraded by nanomachines or some shit like that. Oh my god, okay, these are getting bought. <laughs> Luckily, Freddy never goes to space, which is a, a strange feather to put in Freddy's cap. <laughs> Congratulations on the bare fucking minimum. <laughs> yeah, like, well done, you did absolutely the minimum required. Are we ready for the showstopper? Absolutely, man, let's do it. Right, Um. so this one is going to be very um, kind of sad in a way, um, if you enjoy your science, um, but I wanted to just end the show with a note that the... Uh, Arecibo Observatory has shut down uh, temporarily after a 100-foot gash appeared in the radar dish. Um, if you don't know what the Arecibo facility is, it's a um, giant t- space telescope um, in Puerto Rico, and it is about 1,000 foot wide. It's the was the largest telescope for the last 50 years and was a major part of uh, SETI, which is the search for in- extra... <laughs> Fucking hell. It's definitely going to find intelligent life here, because I'm just dumb today. SETI is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, um, but right now uh, it's mostly used to track asteroids coming into Earth's orbit and you know potential risks. But this was a monster telescope. It is the it's, it's a point of pride actually that this thing has been running so well for the last fifty years, and it's actually been in a few films. Um, most famously, it was in Goldeneye, where Pierce Brosnan actually dropped Sean Bean onto the uh, the satellite dish uh, from the receiving tower. Uh, so you know, if the thing can take a pounding, it can it can take a Sean Bean in the face. I believe this equipment saw is uh, graded at, at least ten beans. <laughs> ten beans worth of damage. Um, but the it's appeared in X Files. It was in uh, Cosmos because Carl Sagan loved it, uh, and it was the basis for the Battlefield Four map, Rogue Transmission, which I actually remember playing on, and I really loved playing on this map before people figured out how to snipe, because uh, the way the dish is actually built. The dish, people like to snipe. <laughs> it would seriously. You, you've not been sniped until you've been sniped in Battlefield. It is obscene. You're like, how the fuck did he hit me from there? He's literally half. A, he's like several kilometers away. How the fuck do you manage that? But I've also seen the the sniper's point of view, and yeah, he he got me. He got me. I'll give him that. Um, That's fair. But the the actual like the dish itself um, isn't. It's kind of suspended in a bowl made by like a bunch of mountains. So there's like a gap underneath. And you can actually, like, you can drive underneath it. Like, you can fit a whole truck underneath this uh, satellite dish. Wouldn't recommend it, because you'd probably oh, fuck up the ball thing that's holding this thing off. Yeah, and, it, like, actually watching, like, seeing the construction of it. Like, if you can, if you can go and find uh, the, like, the footage from how this has been destroyed and how it's been damaged, because it's really fucking impressive. Like, the, the, the amount of damage done to this uh, massive satellite dish is kind of impressive. But basically what happened on August 10th was that a cable that were one of the, the extra cables that was supporting the receiving platform, which is the part that's suspended over the dish, snapped. Uh, the cable was under so much force, when it came down, it ripped a hole in the dish 100 feet long. And Shit. it is fucked. There is no way about it. There is just a massive gaping hole in a satellite dish that's a col- almost uh, 300 metres wide. So Not an easy fix, I take it then. Hmm? I'm guessing would they not just need to re- replace the whole thing, or is it a, is it fixable? 
is my question. It, it is fixable uh, by the sounds of it. Uh, the problem is they don't know how it happened, so they want to make sure that they can you know put the original piece or put pieces back in place and it won't happen again. And then when it comes to actually like fixing this. According to someone who works there, there is no official timetable as to when it comes back online. But it is, like, again, go and check out the footage. It's the Arecibo Observatory, A-R-E-C-I-B-O, Arecibo Observatory. Uh, just go and take a look at this, because this is uh, stunning footage of a satellite dish. Basically torn in half. Shit. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll see anything like this in a while. Damn. Yeah. Uh, there was a scene that was kind of similar to that. It was basically just, oh, it was like one. Of, it was like the kind of ground started crumbling. I think it was a street in America somewhere, and the ground quite literally just started. It was a landslide. The ground just literally just started sliding down in a way. There was cars and buses and stuff that just started to go down, like yeah. just a sharp incline down towards it. Yeah, this is uh, it's really weird. Nobody really knows how it's happened. I'm just assuming wear and tear and a mechanical failure. Um, but yeah, I think they've just. Hmm? What's those damn ruskies? It was sabotage. <laughs> get, I get just the boys. get the boys. I think we've talked about like the the tensile, like the amount of force involved in like something like this breaking, and I would oh, yeah. hate to be the guy who has to like just hack at it with a machete because it's like a thick steel cable, so yes. like braided around and stuff. <laughs> Imagine the guy that has to go and grab the end so they can wind it in. <laughs> There's just one dude who just hand over hand for like six hours, like fucking hell. <laughs> Never ends. <laughs> Why do we have this much cable? <laughs> Guys, I think we need less cable. Maybe smaller satellite. Wait, are satellites not getting better? Please, can satellites get better? We need smaller satellites. This is bullshit. Satellites anymore. Yeah. Um well actually I, this was like this was the largest uh satellite for like fifty years. I think the one in China, I cannot remember the name of it, but that is now a bit bigger. And it's, I say this thing's already a thousand feet wide, and I think the one in China was like 1,200. So even then, after 50 years, it's still a fucking monster satellite. Yeah. But yeah, definitely check out the footage of this thing. Damn. So with that, uh, I think that's the end of the show. So I've been calling Graham. I've been Tom Anderson. And we've been talking gibberish. Good night. Don't let the ball sweat bite. Uh, don't let Jim Balls bite. <laughs> Jim Balls. <laughs>